This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by Isabel Hardman and James Forsyth. It's Tuesday and we have had a twist in Partygate. Speaking this morning, this is what Cressida Dick, the head of the Met, had to say. And what I can tell you this morning is that as a result, firstly, of the information provided by the Cabinet Office inquiry team, and secondly, my officer's own assessment, I can confirm that the Met is now investigating a number of events that took place at Downing Street and Whitehall in the last two years in relation to potential breaches of COVID-19 regulations. My officers have assessed several other events that appear to have taken place at Downing Street and Whitehall. On the available information, these other events are assessed as not reaching the threshold for criminal investigation. James, that is Cressida Dick effectively announcing that the police will now be investigating Partygate and the reason for this being evidence. Passed to them by the Sue Gray inquiry. I think the Sue Gray inquiry will now not publish until the Met has concluded its work. And that throws the process of what was happening up in the air because the expectation had been that we would, that the Gray report would be published kind of Wednesday or Thursday of this week. And there were a group of Tory MPs who had basically decided to send in letters of no confidence, but were waiting for the Grey report on the belief that, you know, due process must be followed before doing so. And I think my read was that that group who had already decided, added to the letters already in, had you bobbing around the 40 number, you need 54. And so if, but if the Grey report was kind of worse than people had expected, that number would rise... And, and you would soon be very close to that number. And so, in some ways, this will probably delay that process because those people want to wait for Grey. But on the other hand, I think this makes things much worse for Downing Street for two reasons. Firstly, the overwhelming emotion among Tory MPs I spoke to last night and this morning about you know the latest revelations about cake in the cabinet room for Boris Johnson was a kind of exhaustion with this story like when will it end and you know the, the detail that Lulu Little was in the cabinet room is the, the interior designer was driving some people spare and there was just a sense of kind of oh when was this over and I wonder whether patience at some point snaps if this keeps on you know drip 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 and the second thing is that I think the kind of defence that allies of Boris Johnson were beginning to experiment with uh, was this was disproportionate. That, you know, a prime ministerial resignation would be a disproportionate response to the prime minister going into a garden for 20 minutes at something that he's 25 minutes at something that, you know, that, that, that he thought was a work event, but clearly wasn't a work event kind of thing. You know, even if you think it was stupid, you, prime ministers shouldn't resign over th- things like that. That was going to be one of their arguments they try out. That is much harder to pull off once the Metropolitan Police have investigated. If this is serious enough to merit a police investigation, it's hard to dismiss it as trivial, you know, you know, 
parking on a single yellow line for 12 minutes rather than 10 or whatever. You know, it just doesn't wash when the police have investigated. And so I think that is where things are. I think the problem and the danger for the Tory party is this now drags on. And I think as you've seen with... That, I think, will lead to a further breakdown in Tory discipline. You've got a, a number 10 that is trying to deal with this crisis. You've got a whip's office that are trying to deal with its own crises, some of which are related to this, some of which relate to kind of past events and there's gone these allegations. It, it's quite hard to see what is going to hold things together at the moment. I mean, that is one of the really big risks for the Tories. I thought Keir Starmer... Uh, try out a new line last night saying that you know Boris Johnson was a distraction the Prime Minister is a distraction from dealing with the problems the country has and I think the danger for the Tories is but that that begins to resonate people people are like well hang on a second I'm really worried about what's happening to my energy bill I'm really worried about what's happening to food prices and like all I'm hearing about is that you guys having parties that I think is one of the dangers I think also that distraction is something that that will play into the parliamentary dynamic over however long we now have to wait until the conclusion of the police investigation and then the publication of the which could be months grey report which yes. could, could be months and you'll have MPs uh, doing two things one is trying to hold the Prime Minister to ransom on various things sort of feasting on the the, the long-term, the chronic weakness of number 10, and you already see that over the national insurance rise, which more and more people are, are sort of jumping on the bandwagon, calling for that to be scrapped. I think when David Davis is, is on a bandwagon, it's become more of a sort of coach rather than a bandwagon. And the other thing is that it's going to be very, very difficult for the government to get its business through, because if there's anything that's questionable, anything that's controversial, anything that a certain faction within the party doesn't like, they can just hold it up. Because, as we've discussed on this podcast uh, a number of times over the past week and a bit, the Whip's office isn't functioning. Uh, it's on its way out, but that's potentially delayed as well by by the announcements made today. So you have this shadow whipping operation, which is also involving people who are actual ministers in departments who presumably do also have a job to do with regards policy. And so you've got this sort of this chaos in managing the party, which whatever side of the uh, of the sort of divide over Boris Johnson you were on, people had assumed would be sorted one way or the other within the next few weeks. That's now not going to be the case. And so if Keir Starmer talks about Boris Johnson being a distraction, he's not just a, a distraction from those issues. He's actually uh, a cause of, of sort of limbo, stasis over those the problems as well. So, James, if the government's now in a state of paralysis, I think to look back and, and work at where we go from here, I mean... It wasn't so long ago, I think it was around two weeks ago, that Downing Street was effectively suggesting to people that um, Sue Gray would not conclude you know, any evidence of criminality. There wasn't sufficient evidence. And at, at most, it, the report would be fine because it would be about Boris Johnson's lack of judgment, which they could cope with. Then you'd have a mass cull, largely of civil servants, but potentially some in the political team. Boris Johnson would talk about a reset, and you'd hope you get through that way. But... In the state of paralysis that ministers now find themselves in, is Boris Johnson able to axe any of his staff in, in the coming months? Or does he now really have to wait if the Sue Gray report's not going to come out till after the police investigation? I also think... I think acting any staff now would be seen as, as a more hostile act because even if it was not related to the police investigation, that that is how it would be perceived by by the public, by future employers, that kind of thing. So I, I think it, that has become much harder 
for him to do. It's much harder for him to have a kind of reset moment. And the, you know, there are some people trying to say today, oh, this is good for the Prime Minister because it, because it delays letters and that anything that buys him time is good. It's amazing. But it, what it also does is it delays the moment that he can say to his party, who are furious, right, he, they, you know, he delays the moment he can say to them, look, here's the change. The thing that he is very keen to be able to say is, look, here's Linton Crosby back, essentially to kind of keep me in line, which is an interesting line for Prime Minister to be pushing. But, you know, I, I, I mean, A, they haven't done a deal with Linton Crosby yet, but also, like, you know, this moment isn't there yet and it just will become more difficult. And I also think there is just a kind of... The other factor here is, you were raising, Katie, how long this goes on for... If this runs into the May elections, it could make the results of those elections worse than expected for the Tories. And, you know, that is another thing that could prompt people to say, God, right, I'm going to put my letter in because this guy who my whose main selling point to me, average Tory MP thinking is he was a big electoral asset. I don't think he is anymore. Now, Isabel, when you hear a few voices today saying, oh, actually, this gives Boris Johnson space... In that realm of argument, you also hear, well, look at Tony Blair. You're cash for honours, and he survived that. Do you think that historic example can offer Boris Johnson any hope? But I think cash for honours did really dent Blair's authority. And I think if if you're claiming that a police investigation and the the delayed publication of what looks to be a a very damaging report... Uh, into the the Prime Minister and the number 10 operation is sort of bringing him back to life. It's a bit like saying that doing CPR on someone who's dying will bring them back to life. I mean, you know, that they'll just die in a more painful way later. And so I I think that's the the sort of flaw there. That said, I was talking to a Boris Johnson outrider, loyalist, whatever you want to call this person and they were actually saying that they felt that things were much better today than they were a week ago so that's to report the view of of those in in the Boris camp that they're actually temporarily more upbeat which might have might bring its own problems because one of the things that we've seen repeatedly over the past few months is Boris Johnson not realizing quite how bad things are bringing this shadow whipping operation in was partly an acknowledgement of how bad things were But if Camp Boris think that things are a little bit better, then you might end up in the same sort of complacent, delusional situation that the Prime Minister has found himself in repeatedly uh, since the autumn. So, James, where are we now? Ultimately, we have a situation where Sue Gray is still investigating, but will not release that report until after the police inquiry. That police inquiry could go on for months, you know, potentially even a year. But... Are we going to start hearing about people being interviewed by the police? What do listeners have to look out for when it comes to how this story is going to keep going? Or will it disappear? So when we think about the cash for honours, that was kind of kept going by you know reports of you know, who was interviewed. How was Blair going to be interviewed? Was he going to be interviewed as a witness or, or under caution? All of those kind of things. I, I think this is a relatively simpler investigation from a police point of view. But you also think that having kind of been put in this position of having to investigate, having said they won't investigate. The police won't want to look like they are wrapping it up in an afternoon or something. I think there's also an interesting question about what defence number 10 offers or do they, whether they leave staff to kind of handle it themselves. There are some lawyers who think that there is a kind of 
crown property exemption that, that essentially uh, which is an argument that would not go down well with the public to put it mildly but that, that essentially the rules did not apply in government buildings now Lord True who is a, a government minister of House of Lords has said that that's not the case but some lawyers think that that is a potential defence but you can imagine that if they tried to mount that defence it would it would be almost a kind of public statement of one rule for us and another rule for everybody else so there is no simple solution to Downing Street for the for the pickle that it finds itself in and the kind of question the problem is some of the legal strategies that might best protect members of staff might also cause the most political problems. And Isabel when it comes to um, the situation which is one investigation but also the latest event so that is the birthday cake event we're getting some lines from lobby yeah so uh, the prime minister's official spokesman has been taking questions from journalists and the line on this birthday celebration that involved a cake uh, is this was a brief moment the prime minister was there for less than 10 minutes it was in between the prime minister returning from a visit and before he started another meeting it was on the edges of a work event which i think sounds like on the edge of reason, but there we go. A new grey area, apparently, and um, they're not one we knew about at the time. Um, now, just finally, James, there's also a report coming out that the cabinet were not told this party probe was going to the, the police, and were among the last to find out. Boris Johnson did not talk about it, you know, to, to his ministers. So, is that going to cause problems in terms of? Um, we know in the past friction when they feel as though they're not consulted. Yeah, although I, I think there is, I think there's, I think the, the cabinet generally feel the same exhaustion level as Tory MPs do. I think there is, I think the cabinet suffer from a kind of boiled frog problem, if you see what I mean, which is, you know, if you didn't resign over the bring your own booze email and then the news that the prime minister briefly attended that event. What is it about this that makes you feel that you have to resign? Although I think one thing I would flag is Isabel's point, which is, you know, Boris Johnson is now in a position where does he have to offer concession? Well, where he is he is weak, and so we'll have to offer more and more concessions to Tory MPs who demand them. Does he end up giving away something that that ministers? care about particularly a particular piece of legislation going through secretary of state thinks that some bit of it is vital it's not popular with Tory MPs number 10 want to junk it do you see that kind of tension but I think that we we are now in a situation where the government is just going to find this extremely hard going kind of drawn out agony and that you know someone close to Boris Johnson said to me a few weeks ago you know all this idea that delay to grey is good for him is wrong because he kind of needs it to come out so that he can apologize and so people's opinions don't calcify the problem with this is it keeps this in the public eye and in mps and ministers minds for weeks and months and that means that even someone very close to him speculated to me earlier today that even when this is over can you really get over it even if you know, the, the, the ultimately the police conclude that, that they're finishing their investigation without doing any, taking any further action, or the Grey Report is how some in Downing Street hope it will be. Will it be possible to get back to how things were for Boris Johnson? I, I think that is now really in doubt. Thank you, James. Thank you, Isabel. And thank you for listening. <laughs>